Welcome to the Principles of Podcast, Addiction Recovery and Emotional Resilience mini-series. My name is Christian Hill and my co-host is Todd Stice. On this episode, we're joined by Adam Stice and Tito Machuca to cover step eight of the 12-step addiction recovery program. Step eight is seeking forgiveness. Enjoy the show. Well, I am super excited about today. Um, Adam wasn't here last week when we talked about humility and 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 how it originally uh, on onset when you think about humility, it's like, well, you needed it through every step up to now. But then we really got into the depth of it and how then it actually changed. We actually made reference to an HR book that Tito was reading. What was that one called? Uh, the ideal team player. The ideal team player, and then egonomics, mm-hmm. and how at the, at that step it was it almost turns into a the the humility that you had was like oh I'm like more I'm down I'm rock bottom and here I need to go through this process and now it was like we trusted God we've done all these things we've been honest we've already been through that downtrodden stage and now we're in the humility of letting our life into God's hands to where it actually brings us confidence. We're, we're like, we can do this with God. We can do all things with God. I know I can't, but I know with God I can. And so that's bringing that ego, economics, Adam knowing what I'm referring to, that equilibrium of perfect balance of ego, where you, you're confident that you can do things, great things in your life when you have God on your but now we go into step eight, seeking forgiveness and speaking specifically about those in your life that have been impacted by your actions. And, but then also, and it has some really good activities. This one's really, I think, powerful. And in a nutshell, the quality of your life is going to, dramatically increase from this step because now you're starting to look outward for really the first time everything's been really inward inward work inward and now it's like the principles of the gospel are starting to kind of open up to us a little bit where we're like how is the things that we do impact others and how can we take ownership of that to then go out into the world and both ask for forgiveness to those we've harmed, but even just as important in this activity, who has harmed us. And now that we see that we have harmed others, how much mercy we need to extend to those who have harmed us. And so this is the real, the putting the suitcases, the rest of the suitcases we carry throughout life, of my addiction was because I was abused or all these really victim stories. Like they are victims of life too. I'm going to let it all go, all go, not just the addiction. I'm going to let all the anger, the bitterness, the frustrations, the things where I was just disappointed by all these lists of people and I'm going to forgive them. And then I'm going to, in the same hand, I'm going to come over here and ask for forgiveness because I see my role as those were to me, I see my role in being those, like the victims of my life. So not just the victim, I am a victim. I got to forgive those people or at least walk down that road. And the exercises are to walk down that road. But then also to look at the need to extend mercy is the reality that I need mercy from this list. And I think it's just a really beautiful convergence of outward thinking and how beautiful life can be when you have restitution with relationships. And, and this is obviously a real hard one because now you have everyone else's agency kind of involved in some aspects of it. But this is really the goal at the end of the day. We build, build meaningful relationships under the principles of the gospel. Forgiveness is the key. So, that was kind of a longer ent- intro, but any any other thoughts or experiences or 
or things that you all thought of in regards to the seeking forgiveness and what stood out to you or you know, what, what it, were you hoping to bring to the conversation? Hey, if you've made it this far, just really quick before we move on to the rest of the show, if you're someone who struggles with addiction or are wanting to equip yourself with the tools to help others that struggle with addiction, then you're invited to attend the Addiction Recovery and Emotional Resilience Support Groups. For more information, talk to your local bishop or organizational leaders. Enjoy the rest of the show. I think something that I really love about this is um, it, it especially after conference, this last conference session, I realized that they've said the, the greatest commandment multiple times in conference. It was brought up multiple times, love Heavenly Father, and then love your neighbor. And uh, when I was kind of overlooking this step, kind of preparing for this podcast, I was kind of thinking, holy smokes, like that is, that is basically the greatest commandment. Is you're loving God enough to be able to do steps one through seven, and now you have to love your neighbor and talk to all those people that you've either hurt or distrusted or things like that, or might've lost that connection with and just love them and just kind of reconnect with them. So I thought that was kind of interesting when I was uh, overlooking all of that together is step number eight, seeking forgiveness <clears throat> specifically for reamending um, that relationship is exactly what Heavenly Father wants us to do. He's going to give us mercy, just like you said. He gives us mercy, so then we can give mercy to others. And hopefully they give it back to us, right? And so that's kind of what I thought through this step. Yeah, and even if they don't give it back to you, that obviously that is the hope, but the piece that, that comes from using, the key is using our agency to do what we can. If we have too much expectations on the other party using their agency in line with us, that's almost like a, a miss hit. Um, it's like feeling bad because you invited someone to come to church and they didn't come. When really you did your part in inviting them to come, right? Or as a, as a smaller example, but the fact that you're trying to come to peace in your own heart with the things that you do is, is really the goal. And you hope for those relationships, but then giving them the space to say, maybe for them, it's like, it's not the right time. Maybe they, but you just started the clock from the conversation. So they, they didn't have the clock running. It was just a dead thing, a dead horse, but you just started the clock and maybe they don't give you initially what you th were hoping. Maybe they're like, just not ready, but you definitely started the clock for that process to work and, and being absolutely okay with that that timing of that and and knowing that that space is crucial for the end result that we're yeah i agree i think the hardest part is you know that timing and understanding just how people respond when they're not ready in this seeking forgiveness process and so with with a lot of individuals that i've come across i've noticed that it, it takes this one's like, I, I'm almost telling individuals now that the first attempt's probably not going to go very well. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, you're just setting the stage for them to succeed and to know that it's, it's not like you're still dealing with human beings in this process because up until now, really our biggest obstacle or biggest battle has been with, with us only you know now we're including others within this step you know you kind of go back to your inventory you're checking out the details and you're making a list of all the people but really it's been you and god and you know we've included the bishop as a kind of a mentor guide but it's not like you're seeking forgiveness from the bishop you know, he's just there to kind of add perspective and guidance and make sure you're doing it, you know, correctly. And so this is where it, I feel like things get complicated on a whole, because now you're dealing with not a just and a perfect individual. You're dealing with an unjust and imperfect individuals and you kind of need them to pull through for you in some level for to move to have the the ability to move on and that's scary 
because that can go wrong. Just because you've harmed them. So so you're not, yeah, the perfect justice is not in your face. No. You're needing doses of mercy. And you're, yeah, you're just hoping that conversation goes somewhat well. And so that's where I'm saying, like, I've, I've kind of learned, I'm like, man, I'm seeing a pattern here that this is kind of rough. This part is rough, has a lot of rough edges and loose ends. So would you say people get derailed too in this step? Because, and this is what can squeeze out real intent because you can go through one, one through seven because your rock bottom was someone's judgment of you that created the rock bottom, right? So, so your efforts, albeit appear to be sincere, um, and you, you think that they're sincere and you're going to God, and all of a sudden you go to the person and they reject it, and now you're going, all for what? I did one through seven for what? This doesn't work. Because really it wasn't a personal relationship to find peace in the gospel and to have a relationship with Father in heaven. It really, and you again, manifesting itself more in the reaction of this failure of this step. Um, it was it was really about having a relationship with that individual. So that putting, you know, doing the honors of men, so to speak, versus I've heard that, a lot where we go through one through seven to restore a relationship, whether it be a spouse or, or a parent or a, you know, a a really important group of friends or whatever. And you're doing it because you want that restored. And then you do it. And then you go to ask for this piece where you're saying, Hey, I'm really sorry for the pain that I put you through. And they, again, don't have the justice mustered up or the mercy mustered up to do that at that point in time. And then it's like, why did I do one through seven? Mm-hmm. I, I have seen two obstacles with the number one, when, when this goes wrong, it's because that was their ultimate intent was to make that relationship better. And it wasn't necessarily yeah. because they wanted to be right with God entirely. You know, maybe there was pieces of that, but ultimately they were trying to get through mm-hmm. this in a step process to lead to an outcome on a human level, on a, worldly wet level and it doesn't go well and then everything blows up from there the other thing that i i see too is that they get caught in this and it becomes an obstacle that they can't progress now any longer until they receive forgiveness from this individual and that demonstrates to me their misunderstanding of steps one through seven so there's clearly, you know, humility is strategically placed on these steps. It couldn't have come too early or too late. It had to be right before we were about to talk to some people that we hurt. I think one of my uh, my favorite movies, uh, one of my favorite Christmas movies, there's plenty, but uh, it's called The Taxi Ride. Um, it's a Christian movie and it's only about half an hour. Um, it's a really, really good movie and I like it because it's, there's going to be some spoiler alerts in this really quick, <laughs> but it's, it's about this one guy who, uh, drifts far away from his family. Um, his family just disowns him. He gets into drugs and alcohol pretty bad and he, uh, goes up to the, he's gets into a taxi ride and, um, this taxi ride starts talking to him he's like, Hey, I just want to get to the, get to my destination and get there. And so he's like, okay, well, the destination was just one of the big, the world famous bridge to, to jump off of. Right. And, uh, the taxi driver, he knew what was going on. Um, it was Christmas day and it was cold and it was, it was pretty obvious to the driver. And so the driver was like, Hey, I'm going to, okay, we're, well, we're going to get there, but we have to take these back roads. It takes a long way to get to the bridge. And this guy's like, why are you taking so long? They stop at a donut shop and they, they do all this and that. And anyway, um, the point is, is, um, they get to the bridge and he's, he lets him out and then he, he keeps going. He, he starts to head home. The driver does. And he realizes, Hey, I actually, I need to do something for this guy. So he turns around, comes back to him and says, why don't you talk to your family anymore? Like, tell me about everything that happened. It's like, Oh, they don't care about me. This and that. Right. Anyway, um, the driver convinces 
the passenger to uh, call up the parents. And this, it's been years since he's talked to the family and he leaves a voicemail and uh, he just says, Hey guys, um, if you're home, I'm going to be passing by. And uh, if you're home, just leave the, the front porch light on if, if you want me to come in. And uh, it's cool. Anyway, so the driver says, okay, well, are you ready? And the passenger says, okay, let's, let's drive on over there. Let's see what happens. And so they go and they get down, they go down the street. They're going down, driving down the street. And they, the whole street is pitch black except this one house and every single light is turned on. They have lamps out in the yard. They have all the Christmas lights, all everything is just turned on. It's just this beautiful star of a home, right? And everything is turned on. And uh, what I think about when it comes to this and what kind of went through my head was the willingness of the passenger of just being willing to just put himself out there, being completely vulnerable of talking to a family member that he has not even talked to in years that he's hurt. He's lost their trust. He's probably abused, but he was still willing to just say, can we reconnect? And I think that's what this step is all about is the willingness to be able to say, can we reconnect? Um, I don't think this step is, is a pass fail upon, did you reconnect with them? I think it's a, it's based upon, did you try to be able to talk to who, to those who you, who you possibly hurt, right? It's like you said, humility, this is a perfect step prior to this. Yeah, yeah. definitely. Um, what I think is interesting to point out with step eight is is it's titled seeking forgiveness. And then it says the key principles make a written list of all persons you have harmed and become willing to make restitution to them. Step nine is restitution and reconciliation. And the principle there is wherever possible, make direct restitution to all persons you have, you have harmed. And so I think, well, oh, yeah, way to drop, drop back. Cause yeah, this one's yeah identifying the next one's mm-hmm. doing more yeah. of the approach. So what I think is interesting is that it doesn't say, Step eight, receive forgiveness, right? So step, step eight, seek it, right? And then become willing to make restitution to them. So there's something still going on here, like in preparation of actually doing something. And that's where I like to go over mentally preparing them of the reactions they may or may not get. Let's consider how this may go. Not that it will go that way, but like as you make this list, Let's also note the, like, maybe star the ones you're most worried about. Let's walk through what that conversation, let's, as, as God created everything spiritually before he did physically in your mind, let's look at this spiritually before you actually go and do, because you, you don't want to just wing it Yeah. on some of this. Right. And maybe I'm talking more of the serious stuff, but, um, (laughs) Yeah, don't don't like when I think about a question like with this step um, is is the real goal to receive eventually forgiveness from all people that you've harmed or or is there something else that's the actual goal like the real hope that we're trying to get out of fulfilling the step of seeking and being becoming willing to try to make restitution Uh, you know I, I I would say the goal is restitution with all I think um, the reality is, is we have to know agency's role in that process and that that process shouldn't have a time frame. So, however, it is the goal. However, it doesn't need to happen in the next week or by the end of the year as a New Year's resolution. It could be a lifetime. It could be somewhere after this life. But that is the goal. That's the pursuit. That is that is the pursuit that we're going for. I mean, and, and the steps are really small. I, I think the point of that to kind of insert, like why, um, that that's the savior, you know, that is the definition of what the savior for to become like the savior and to be on the covenant path, the covenants that we've made, you know, we've talked about the greatest commandments and we've talked about 
the the pursuit or the journey is very Christ-like, um, you know. And I th I think that's that is becoming like Christ is even in the face of not being forgiven, receiving that restitution, but pursuing it regardless and trying to make things right, no matter how the response is. With hate, I will turn another cheek and I will continue. And, um, right? You see yeah. how you become more like in that, once again. The question comes to my mind is like, just as you were talking about becoming more like Christ, wherever this question came from, I'm not sure of the spirit, but... And I'm not actually sure whether or not this question is a true statement question, but why does heaven and heavenly father not have a problem with us? And so like he, there's, there is justice that he has to live, but like the law of justice, right? But at the end of the day, like heavenly father will always love us no matter what. So how he, he never has a problem with, you know, forgiving us, right? So let me, let me read this. So in uh, April 2017, or 2007, The Healing Power of Forgiveness, there's a quote. Um, Elder, someone, someone is doing, giving this talk. He says, Dr. Sidney Simon, a recognized authority on values realization, has provided an excellent definition of forgiveness as it applies to human relationships. Quote, Forgiveness is freeing up and putting to better use the energy once consumed by holding grudges, harboring resentment, and nursing unhealed wounds. It is rediscovering the strengths we always had and relocating our limitless capacity to understand and accept other people and ourselves. Most of us need time to work through pain and loss. We can find all manner of reasons for postponing forgiveness. One of these reasons is waiting for the wrongdoers to repent before we forgive them. Yet such a delay causes us to forfeit the peace and happiness that could be ours. The folly of rehashing long past hurts does not bring happiness. Some hold grudges for a lifetime, unaware that courageously forgiving those who have wronged us is wholesome and therapeutic. So this is kind of talking more of like we forgive others, right? But I think it also, that's also another thing where in this chapter it also talks about forgiving ourselves, right? Where where not only are we seeking forgiveness from others, but we're also seeking to forgive ourselves, so that we're not wasting any energy being at contention in our, in our own heart of, you know, we could spend more energy focused on more wholesome things that will get us out of this rut. I like what was said there. It kind of reminds me of a, of a book that I read, The Bonds That Make Men Free by Terry C. Warner. Um, and he has a, at the very end of the book, he has these chapters on forgiveness and it literally just shifted everything for me <laughs> because it was, if you were really judging righteously, like judging with the perspective that God has and the value that he has on people and the realization that people are imperfect, just like you. And if that's the case, the mercy piece that you then would have for people who offend you you wouldn't need a, them to ask, you wouldn't need them to say do you forgive me you would you would have no conditions on that you would instantly extend mercy because you realize that we're in the same camp that you're not above that and cuz you seek because you have a realization of who you are and your shortcomings you know you need mercy and so you wouldn't withhold it from a soul because you see them as you see yourself and so to the very nature of saying, you harm me and we'll have restitution when you say you're sorry. The idea of that conceptually is very misperceived. I mean, there's a higher way of thinking, which is, I know we're gonna ha you're going to offend me at times and I know you're going to do this because you're human and I'm going to love you regardless and I'm going to be patient with you and I'm not going to... No, you don't need to ask for... Hey, we're all... I do the same thing and this is... you know So you're not requiring it, although it is nice for the person to do it for themselves. But as a person, it's an interesting concept to think about you know us demanding people... To 
to say they're sorry to us when they harm us as a requirement for our forgiveness. Like we, we demand strict justice in a way, or we judge them and that we have these feelings and sentiments about them as if they're somebody different than what we are. And that's why in the exercise here, it's a list of both. You write down a list of everyone that you have harmed, but also everyone that has harmed you. And then here it says in the process, um, to begin this process of forgiveness, we once more found the tool of writing to be invaluable. Next to the names of the people we needed to forgive, we recorded the way we originally felt when the hurtful incidents happened and what we were still tempted to feel. The list helped us to be specific in our prayers as we shared with the Father all of our unresolved feelings. We pled for the grace of Christ to help us extend to others the same mercy He gives us. If we found people on our list that we had an especially difficult time forgiving, we took the Savior's counsel to pray for their welfare, asking all the blessings for them that we would want for ourselves. As we prayed for help to forgive others, even if it felt insincere at first, we were eventually blessed with a miraculous sense of compassion. Even in extreme situations, people who have taken this approach have received the ability to forgive far beyond themselves. And I just think that that is super powerful because the Lord isn't requiring you to identify the name and then all of a sudden go approach them. Like, there's some actionable things here that, that you may need to approach, and that's the time frame thing, right? Even if we do approach them, giving them then the space to do the same activity that you took, the time to approach them, you just hit them spontaneously probably. So how do you give them the same time to come to their the same, you know, the same time frame that you had, you needed. And so part of that is today, at least pray for your enemy or pray for the person who has armed you. Even if it's insincere, you're following a commandment that um, has miracles attached to it or these awesome blessings that allow us to really let go and, and be whole again instead of have a cancer. We had, a, I had a young lady that was, anxious in this to like go and make things right wanted the things to just be better really quickly um because it was just hard it was a close family member and it just made a lot of things awkward home life was you know there was just and so when you know we were making a list of those that she felt like she needed to reach out to and you know, she it was not a long list it was just a couple people but there was a, one or two that she was very concerned about and and you could immediately see her mind going okay this is probably I'll, I'll do this and maybe you know tomorrow night I'll and all of a sudden she, you know she's like I'm like hey well time out you know like can you just sit with these people mentally and prayerfully and we'll meet on Wednesday like, let's just, can you just settle in on this for a couple days? You're not given the spirit any time here to really guide every kind of element that you might not be thinking. Because, you know, the anxiousness of wanting to make restitution, that's, you know, you can't rush this too fast. You can't go too slow either. It's a fine balance that is different for everybody, but... Something to, something to really think about, and I liked kind of what they're saying here, is you just you pray for these people, you sit with it for a minute, a moment in time to consider all elements, all factors. Make sure you have it prepared spiritually before you go and, and let, let it out. I like it. It's a great, like a weekly thing that should be done daily maybe for... Well, and I can tell you, um, <clears throat> there are, without question, people in my personal life that I pray for as I'm working through these steps. You know, because the reality is, it's easy to talk about and mm -hmm. really hard to do. 
and um, there's other ele- there's so many elements to this like like what Adam's saying so you know I it's almost like you kind of put it up in God's hands as you're praying for the willingness some maybe the situations will present itself and you'll know like okay now we're maybe we're in a position I I one time I was working out um, when I used to do that in um, Park City Sarah and I were on a little getaway there and so I was down in the gym and it was a massive gym and there was just me and then and then an elderly gentleman walked in and we kind of just started chatting for whatever reason and in his story he had this brother that he hadn't talked to in 22 years and he was telling me just the harm that was done there and the restriction and I could tell and he had all this blame towards his brother like brother did this 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 when he got done talking I said you know I just feel really impressed to tell you that I don't know you which is obvious right and a first 45-minute conversation that you would ever have with me, your brother came up. He must be an extremely important person to you. And immediately he got emotional. So the people at times, if you look at your back on your last week, for example, and you looked at the conversations you've had about people that really frustrate you, it's probably because they actually matter. And I think it's important to realize that it's, it's not that they don't matter. It's they do matter. And then now what? Now that I, I, cause a lot of times when we get in that mode where we just pound these people and, and maybe rightfully so, obviously they're human. They probably could have really screwed up a lot of things. <laughs> and there could be a lot of even abuse in this. But if you're bringing it up in every conversation, that's the first thing people know about you within the first hour of knowing you. We got a heavy hitter that is going to be important for your peace and joy in this life. And so for me, my invitation to him was, can you write your brother a letter and tell him everything that he means to you and all the harm that he did to you and then just crinkle it up and throw it in the trash? Because he was, he got pretty emotional when I when I said he must matter a ton to you. I think it just shocked him, like the realization of how he came up and he dominated the whole conversation. And because um, it's important that we're facing these re- relationships, even if spiritually first. So write a letter to him and throw it away. Write an email and trash it. Pray for him. And start there. But these acts, spiritual acts, that then become tangible, doesn't mean you have to send them. Doesn't mean you have to do anything with it. But those exercises will help us receive this miracle where we're able to forgive beyond our own capacity to do it. And and I think that that's why we have to settle in on the elements at play because we need that enhanced, enlarged capacity to truly forgive in the way that the Savior can enhance and enlarge our ability to do so. So I just wanted to bring a personal element to this. Like, I'm in this process. So for me to to say to people listening, go and do and do this and do that, it doesn't mean go make restitution right now. It means point in the right direction towards restitution, which could come to a very insincere prayer praying for them or maybe you don't even mean it but your that act that the lord will see will allow that strength to come because there's a blessing that is predicated on that i think just to solidify exactly what you're saying there's a paragraph that goes hand in hand exactly with what we all just talked about it says uh as we work um, remember that step eight is not an exercise of casting guilt or shame on anyone either yourself or those on your list um, the Savior will lift the burden of guilt and shame as you take one more honest look at troubles in your relationships and your part in them. So by becoming honest and willing to make these amends, you benefit from the peace of knowing the Heavenly Father is pleased with your efforts. Um, this step will help you take the actions to enable the Savior to allow you to feel free from your past. And so... 
basically to solidify everything that's just been said, um, this step is complete opposite of casting guilt or shame. It's being able to recognize that the atonement, let's bring that back, right? And being able to recognize that the atonement can heal everything and it can heal your guilt and your shame. It can heal all of those feelings, but just one step of just writing all of that down, you are one step closer to being able to allow the atonement to take place. Just these thoughts keep coming to my mind as you guys are talking. So this morning I was reading the Book of Mormon in Jacob chapter four. That's a good idea. You're right. And you're, you're about to get to the big one. <laughs> yeah, I, I did read that one today too. But uh, in chapter four, verse 18, I can't really give you the context of this, but there's just one line that says at the very end, he says, says, I will unfold this mystery unto you if I do not by any means get shaken from my firmness in the spirit. And then this line and stumble because of my over anxiety for you. When I think about in preparing to seek restitution, forgiveness, like there's possibly a lot of anxiety going on thinking about what this scenario how this is going to unfold right and you you may stumble because of so much anxiety with it right and the other thing that i've been thinking about going along that same thing is forgiveness is a principle of peace and peace is a principle of charity right and in moroni chapter 7 all about charity it talks about what charity actually is and when i think about preparing for this moment or this restitution like like what is that we have to prepare for right and and we've talked a lot about how how seeking forgiveness and forgiving others is is becoming like christ right and charity is the pure love of christ and and it talks about how as we have charity we will be like him we'll see him as he is and we'll be pure even as he is pure right but when we really think about what charity is and what we're preparing for is I love Moroni 7 verse 45 where it says charity suffereth long and is kind and envieth not is not puffed up seeketh not her own we're not seeking forgiveness for our personal gain um, is not easily provoked if we go and seek forgiveness and they say something that's going to trigger us like we're hopefully we're prepared to be able to withstand that and not you know stumble over it thinketh no evil and rejoiceth not in iniquity but rejoiceth in truth Beareth all things, believeth all things, hopeth all things, endureth all things, and charity never faileth. So when I think about preparing to seek forgiveness, it's really putting on charity and pure love to be able to see them for who they are, see us for who we are, and then almost before the scenario even comes about, we're at peace with whatever it is that happens, right? Maybe we as our weak human beings don't say the right things in the right moment and it just blows up on us but hopefully during this process we can prepare ourselves for the worst possible scenario where if that did happen you know we would be okay with that because we did the best that we could and and if at the end of at the end of the day even if they blew up on us and it was a complete failure at the end of the day, it would be a positive thing and, and, and it would have been accomplished the goal if we could still see that person say that we, we love them. Well, and that is so key. Uh, and to be prepared for the space that the other person needs to be them and to love them unconditional of the response. Because it really comes down to the, the greatest thing that the Savior actually demonstrated to us as he atoned for us was forgiveness. That is what the whole thing is circled around. So I'm sure he would, it could be a little bit disappointing for us to learn every lesson but that one. That would be like, well, I mean, you, you learned that the wrapping paper was beautiful and the bow was tight and it was tied in such a way and this is how you wrap a gift. You would know all that without ever actually grasping what was in the gift. Because what's in the gift is not only our forgiveness and that 
and that our effort to forgive ourselves isn't really our power to do so it was the savior's ability to do that and our faith in him that he did that so that we wouldn't have to be have you know this idea of forgiving ourselves but but then the the desire to extend that to other people i mean that's the whole gift that's the package and i it's amazing to me how many of us so quickly it's such a hard you know daily grind sometimes like we feel the mercy and the love and we can extend it to these 150 people just with ease and then there's these three <laughs> we just can't do it with. and i think that there's i think that that's the process that's the golden nugget for our spiritual growth is to um work on those that are the hardest not just to say well look i'm it's super easy and we just go through life well, yeah you like them they've never said anything mean to you and great job the real opportunity and it was said once we could never truly be we could never truly become like the savior if there wasn't offensive and imperfect people in our life like so all that pain is so critical for us to become like the savior it is the golden opportunity of a lifetime to take your spirituality to another level when you can realize that that is an opportunity that is so profound. Not this negative thing in our lives. It's actually a golden opportunity for us to really exercise faith, really become like our Savior, and then receive the spiritual confirmations that what we did was sealed up unto His. Like, that effort was sealed because we used our agency, became humble and vulnerable and loving, charitable, mm -hmm. forgiving. Mm. <laughs> I think we need to, you know, I don't know if we're wrapping up or whatever, but leaning towards, okay, now we've talked about the complexity and the potential for when you go to forgive others, and seek forgiveness could get complicated and hard and might not go perfectly well. And there could be re kind of uh, revisiting some wounds that are deep, you know, or new, so, offenses. Or new offenses like, okay, so now that we've talked about all of that, I would say it's really important to, to, to note that that that's probably the minority of the cases or situations, at least that I've experienced. So, so those who are wandering into this step know that it's not all complicated and it's not all going to be impossible. And what I have witnessed is shockingly, most people are really, really excited and good. And there's the, the reconnect is real and it's quick and it's speedy and it's fulfilling and enjoy that. That in my eyes is probably what's likely to happen in a good majority, you know, more than 50% of the time you're going to have that as people want to forgive people want to be forgiven people for the most part are really good and kind and they want to try and be right with others that's just what i so you know not just there's the approach to both angles you know you, if if you're looking at this that's that's the importance of the list highlighting the ones that you're anxious about that might be a little more complicated um, but knowing that it's not everybody you go and seek forgiveness and people usually are going to be pretty good. Their lights will be on. Their lights will be on. And, <laughs> and I think it's just more likely to happen when, when you give them the space to react in a true and sincere fashion on their end and giving them the grace and the space to fumble on their end towards restitution mm -hmm. and you, you view them as people and not as objects standing in the way of you having peace having peace
yeah yeah exactly i think you know that that is i i think it's just such a critical just for your own spiritual development likely to go really well lights are going to be on everything's going to be great but i think the spiritual development is beyond the outcome other than the outcome of who you are becoming who you're striving to be and that is forgiving them seven times 70, which means ultimately completely exclamation mark, exclamation mark 70 times. Like where you have forgiven them on, on no conditions. You know, it's kind of like the, you see this all the time. Hey, I'm really sorry for how I reacted and it was really unfair for me. And, and the, the recipient of that, that forgiveness says, well, thank you. That means a lot. And then doesn't say anything else. Like they didn't have a part in that. And all of a sudden there's like this inside, like warrior, this little warrior starting to draw his little sword out in your heart going, get her, get him. You know, like it just pricks you that, okay, I did my part. Now, don't you think you had a role in that at all? You think you're... I did all of it, you know, and then all of a sudden it's worse than what it was when it started because your your heart was really looking for either a sorry back or you needed restitute, you needed justice there really, but you were behaving the way you were supposed to. So it's, it's not enough to do the acts or it's not a, I walked over to them and said this, I did my part. No, get your mind right, get your heart right, get your spirit all of it connected because it's not about that outcome per se, as much as it's about who you are becoming and who you want to be as you follow the savior. That's, that's the outcome that we're after, which has nothing to do with their reaction has nothing to do with what they do with their agency. Zero. And if you do that, we've just found that the chances are pretty highly likely that they're going to have the lights on. But when it doesn't happen, you know, have the peace of knowing that you're walking in the Savior's way and you're conducting yourself in the way that the Savior would have you. And that will always be sustained by the increased or enlarged spiritual capacity. We talked about this is going to help you become more like the Savior, right? But then let's look at it also from the angle of addiction recovery. I I have seen that when people do their inventory and then they get to this part and there there's some connections here too cuz they oh, yeah, the they'll, they'll see that names were listed on inventory and they happen to be some of the same ones over here and maybe ones that weren't mentioned. So in a an addiction recovery process this helps individuals recognize that they're what their impact, the ripple effect. And it's really impactful. You know, you start listing off names and, you know, maybe someone who struggles with alcohol and there's, and then you get down into the, the nitty gritty of who has this impacted of those around me. And you see these names and their names of, spouses or ch kids or neighbors or grandparents or brothers or sisters and so i just wanted to speak from the angle of the addiction too and how we're trying to find a path of understanding and awareness and this step helps helps a little bit with this unknowing the ripple effect and kind of coming to Satan wants you to think it doesn't affect anybody else. That you're alone in that and it's okay. It's just you. And God is saying we are connected always. For on all things. And in fact, that's how it will be after this. I'm trying to teach you. And if you look at the temple experience, there is a, lack of a better word, a segregation of sorts. Um, in the beginning, and then as you walk through the process of the temple, there is a unifying effect. There's a location where all come together. And that is God's way. 
and do you see kind of the beauty in that like how this this is a, a we're connected and it's a good way to recognize what that means in our own addictions and to to see the 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 patterns and the effects on others it helps to maybe not return to that process or pattern again i was uh i was listening to a talk um but i think on monday or tuesday on my when i was getting ready for work and on my way and it was a a talk from 1995 oh yeah it was a while back ago i was three years old i was negative one <laughs> negative one <laughs> But, uh, yeah, this is, this is a while back ago, but, um, it's, uh, it's really good. It's about forgiveness. It's by Richard G. Scott. Of course uh, it would be. Right. I I was trying to prepare for, I know you have to watch the, you have to watch the video to get it and look (laughs) piercing through your soul. Oh yeah. No, it's true. Um, anyway, so he, he talks about the miracle forgiveness book and then he, he goes on and says, I would rather, or I would add a sixth step to this, to receiving forgiveness and finding forgiveness and it's recognition of the savior. And I think preparation. And I think all of this is key to being able to include the savior in all of this. Um, he's, uh, he goes on and says, quote, it is essential. Um, or I testify that the most critical or the most critically important Holy smoke. Sorry. Let me start over. I testify that the most critically important is for you to have a conviction that forgiveness comes from and because of our savior and our redeemer. So what's amazing is once we understand the atonement and once we understand Jesus Christ, and once we understand that there is a redeemer, then forgiveness can happen, whether that be with others or with ourselves. And if we think about it, if we need answers or if we are trying to figure out what to do in our life, or if we're really stuck, we prepare our minds and our soul for, for example, for a fast, right? We, we mentally prepare ourselves saying, okay, or for conference, I have some questions that I need answered that I'm going to start pondering beforehand. I'm gonna start asking Heavenly Father, Hey, what, what can I do? Right. And this exact same step. I think applies to that is seeking right before we go and talk to these people that we're so anxiously scared to go talk to. We need to let the savior know how we're feeling. Let the savior know, Hey, I'm about to go talk to person a, B and C, and this is how it makes me feel. Can you please help me? Cause once we include the savior in forgiveness, he is the professional at forgiveness right? Once we include him in our forgiving path, he is going to be able to help lead us to be able to make those amends, whether they go great or not, he will still bless us with the the blessings of a perfect forgiveness, right? And so I just think it's so amazing as we increase love and, and kindness in our own hearts towards ourselves and towards others, we will then decrease blame, shame, and uh, any type of bitterness. And so I just think that it's so, so important to be able to include the Savior into these type of things as well, especially on this, just due to the fact that he knows what forgiveness is all about. And what better teacher to be able to have, what better mentor to be able to have when we are so anxious than to have Jesus Christ. Serving my mission, I had the opportunity to be a part of the conversion of two of the town drunks who were bullies to everyone. They were two brothers. They were orphans. Their parents were murdered. They were really wealthy, the wealthiest in the whole area. And they, in their uh, misery of being orphans and what happened, they took that money and they drank and they had a large posse that would follow them wherever they go. And they would harass everyone in the town as they were drunk. And they, I mean, we're talking when I say the biggest Peruvians that I ever saw, I'm saying that they're, you know, six, one, six, three. <laughs> and, um, in the conversion process, it was time for them to come to church. The church was being held in our apartment. So we had a big family room and then our bedroom was down the hallway 
to the right and then the bathrooms were down the hallway to the left and and then there was another spare bedroom that could be used for a classroom so that was the place that we stayed at so we're 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 up there and uh having sacrament chairs we had a little podium thing there and uh david and fernando showed up and i thought everyone I mean, it was like everyone had a heart attack. Like they're here to persecute us. And oh my gosh, this is so crazy. And um, they were afraid. Some left. Half the, I think half the congregation just immediately, as soon as they came up high enough in the stairs, they bolted. We had to go find them. Like, like after church, we had to go, hey, what's going on? You know, hey, um, I think there was 20 members, I think in the branch at the time where we were at. And um, as we went and started talking to the members, they started telling us all the bad things that these two individuals had done to their business, to their personal lives, and all the stuff. It reminded me of the sons of Messiah, right? And Alma the Younger. And you think about their ability to, to let their previous self in the past. It could not happen without a restitution of their new version of themselves coming towards the people. And it was a huge aspect of their conversion was gaining enough trust to be in the same room as the people of this community. And to see them forsake all of the alcohol and all of whatever else they were involved with, the... I mean, all their friends, that many of them did not come with them to this journey. They forsake everything, even their pride, even the, the humility to come to these people and beg for forgiveness, knowing that they didn't deserve it in the slightest. When they asked for forgiveness, honestly, they would have been like, I get it 100% that you could never do this. And so I saw two things happen. The members who extended forgiveness and how their spirituality just blossomed. And then them receiving forgiveness and how their spirituality blossomed. And I came home from my mission. It was probably 10 years later. And I had one reach out to me. Um, or someone from the area reach out to me. And, and these two, David and Fernando, were powerhouse leaders for the stake and doing some pretty amazing things, including a chapel was built where we were at and it was a ward and all these great things I know that came from forgiveness. That they were forgiven by the Savior and the members were forgiven by the Savior, but that was great. But what made it special, what made the whole area change was the forgiveness of e to each other for the offenses that were made, both the recipient, you know, and the one, um, or the victim and the per pro persecutor, right, in this scenario. And so there's lots of spiritual doors that can be opened with this step. So the step is to prepare spiritually for this step and know that it is impossible in some cases. But with the God, all things are possible, which gives us to all the previous steps of you trusting in God, having humility and confidence that all things can happen with Him. Now take that same energy of soul and personal progression and let's start applying it to the, the things, the reason why we all have to do this together. And it can't happen without forgiveness. You're listening to the Principles of Podcast. Remember, share this message with anyone who you think needs it. Thank you so much for listening and have a great day.